Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Slendy. Hey, go. Hey, Slendy. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem. Anthem. To the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, Yikes, that one sucked. Welcome to episode 465 of the Talking Fires podcast and a YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is September 10, 2023, and the Padres have officially quit on the 2023 season. Yes, there have been quotes by Juan Soto talking about how the team has quit during games when they have gotten down. Yes, the fan base has pretty much entirely quit because they should. Just looking at the record, how much time they have, all of that. I'm sure that there's some players that thought this season was over. But officially, today, the Padres have given up on the 2023 season. Why do I say that? Because Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. were not in the lineup. And sure, you could say, well, they deserve an off day. But, I mean, Manny, he should have had an off day then before this, and he didn't. He's been playing every single day. He's been DHing. He can't play the field. 
He's DHing. Tatis has played in every single game this season, entering today. He didn't play today. So they're just not giving him an off day because, oh, he should have a day off. No, they're doing it because they've realized where they are, they're not going anywhere, and they've got to be smart about the big-time players on this team. What are you going to do with them? Health-wise, what's the plan going forward here the rest of this season, and how are we going to keep these guys as healthy as possible going into the offseason, right? So. That's how we start. There's a lot to talk about here. Obviously, this Padres Astro series, Bob Nightingale's report uh, about Blake Snell. Some other San Diego sports, we'll touch on that at the end. Not a great San Diego sports weekend, I'll tell you that. Uh, and I, as always, obviously, I will get to the chat. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. And if you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, you can use that super chat button, that dollar sign there in the chat. Thank you to anyone that does that. It supports the channel. Uh, so that is greatly, greatly appreciated there. Before we really get going here, just a reminder, you can use my code talking Friars for $20 off your order on SeatGeek. If you're going to want to go to a Padres game for some reason the rest of this season, uh, I believe it works for other sporting events as well. And then check out Breaking Tea. Breaking Tea, great San Diego sports swag. You can click the link in the description for that. And Foco, some great Padres bobbleheads over there as well. So, yeah, let's get to this series. I'm going to start with today's game just because it just happened. Uh, it wasn't really like a, a contest because this game was over um, like an hour ago, a couple hours ago. I mean, just terrible. So sloppy. Looked like a Little League team. I gave my post-game reaction kind of already uh, here on this YouTube channel. Just a, a quick video on that so you can go watch that if you want to. But holy crap. I mean... They look like a Little League team out there or like a high school team that was playing a team that was way better than they were. Um, Padres are gearing up for, you know, the golf course. The Astros are gearing up for their actual season, which is the postseason. And that's what I saw here, especially today. I mean, so we know Manny and Tatis were out. Matt Waldron was on the mound. Rich Hill was probably going to come in after him. He did. Tim Hill came in. So had very low expectations going into this game. but. I was expecting them to at least, you know, look like a Major League Baseball team out there. And they definitely could not do that. I mean, this was, it was one of these games where I'm just sitting there laughing about their performance because that's how bad it was. I mean, Luis Camposano just not being able to catch a ball. I'm not talking about the knuckleball. I get it. That's, that, that has to be a tough pitch to catch. Although some of them look like, okay, how do you drop that, right? But I've never been in that position, so I don't want to, criticize Campy too much on that but I'm talking about when there's a ground ball to third base and Eggy throws it home and you can't catch the ball how about Eggy Rosario when there's a ground ball by Jose Abreu at him and he tries to backhand it instead of getting around the ball and he botches that play Rich Hill comes into the game first battery faces hit by pitch you know how about the offense first and second inning they have or first and I think third inning they had Top of the first, they had the bases loaded with one out. Campy pops up, and Matt Carpenter strikes out. Top of the third, first and third, nobody out. Soto punches out, and Bogart's the ground ball king, grounded into double play. Uh, king feels like he's done that so many times this season. He does it there yet again. So there were some missed opportunities there, and then it just absolutely fell apart. I mean, haven't even mentioned Tim Hill. Great guy, like 
I feel bad for him, but that guy absolutely stunk today. He didn't even get a single out. Like, seriously, go look at his box score. It is so bad. 0.0 innings, 6 hits, 6 runs, 5 earned runs. Didn't strike out anyone. I mean, just absolutely terrible. And then Rich Hill comes in the game, obviously, and we know what happened there. And Matt Waldron, it, it's partly because of, like, pitching depth. Like, why is he pitching in a game in September? Um, you know, if Musgrove or Darvish were healthy, Waldron probably wouldn't be starting. But still, I mean, it, it didn't look great. And this was just an overall, like, really crappy game. Um, I mean, you look at the bottom of the order, and Matt Carpenter homered, you know, his first home run since May 20-something, May 21st, I think, against Boston. It, it had been a long time. But, I mean, the bottom of the lineup is Matt Carpenter, Garrett Cooper, Trent Grisham, and Eggy Rosario. And then you could throw Matt Batten in there and Luis Camposano if you want. Because uh, Batten came in for Bogarts. You could throw a Zokar in there because he came in for Soto. And Jerks and Profar, the guy is hitting like Ted Williams out there. And he just came, he, he got what, DFA'd by the Rockies and he is now like hitting like the, the best hitter on the planet. Like that just shows where this Padres roster is at right now. The season's over. The Padres finally admitted that based on their decision to not have Tatis and Manny play today. Probably took too long for them to admit that, but hey, at least they admitted it, and hopefully they shut down Manny, and they think about doing the same thing with Bogarts, and you just have Profar and Carpenter and Batten and Eggy Rosario have those guys play every day, Hassan Kim. He probably deserves some days off, too, because he's he. it's not like he sits on the bench all the time, and he's obviously going at it 110% whenever he's on the field. And I absolutely love that about him. But they got to be smart about this now. I mean, Brett Sullivan was playing third base at the end of this game. You know, so if you're doing that, and I get it to blow out, but if you're doing that, might as well shut down your superstar players. Not all of them, but the guys where it's like, okay, they're clearly hurt, you know. And Tatis, I feel like he's hurt. I know he's played every game, but it feels like there's something going on with his shoulder. We know he had those surgeries in the offseason, right? Uh, Manny, we know he's hurt. The guy can't even throw right now without pain. So shut him down. And Bogarts, we knew we know that he dealt with the wrist thing. He's probably not going to use that as an excuse or anything like that. But we know like these guys are not healthy. So what's the point in them continuing to play? And some fans will say, I've seen it in the YouTube comments, it's their job. They're getting paid millions of dollars. They can suck it up. Sure, they can suck it up. I mean, they've sucked it up for like a couple weeks now where they probably shouldn't have even been playing because the season's over. Uh, but I'm not here to, to be like, yeah, suck it up. No, because it's not like they're a free agent at the end of the season. You know, they're here for the next decade. I'm talking about the big guys, obviously. So why compromise their offseason? Maybe they get hurt and that delays when they can get back in the weight room and, you know, fully get after it in the offseason. Why do that if the season's already over, you know, shut them down so they can have a good off season. They can come in healthy to spring training and give it a shot next year and try to go win next year. And hopefully the extra inning record isn't as bad, right? Hopefully they'll win one game in extra innings next year. Hopefully the record in one run games isn't as crappy as it is. Uh, 
I know a lot of this is like hope, right? Hoping that these big guys step up next year. That that's a lot of the strategy it feels like going into this offseason. But what else what other choice do we have? Because those guys are going to be here for a long long time. You know, they're not trading those guys. So you have to hope. Now there's other things on the roster, right, that we can talk about where it's not hope. When you sign them it's hope, but like you can be like, "No, we're not bringing that guy back. We got to go upgrade." position x we got to upgrade position y right but there's some of them you know the big guys you just have to hope that they will turn it around you have to hope that xander will have a better season you have to hope that soto will uh, not have a terrible month of august you have to hope that manny doesn't get hurt a couple times and he doesn't vastly underperform before he gets hurt right on that hit by pitch against the royals you know you got to hope that crony can come back and be better um, you got to hope that Joe Musgrove and his shoulder is going to be good. You got to hope that you Darvish will be healthy for next year. You got to hope that whoever they bring in for this starting rotation won't get hurt and will pitch well. You got to hope that this bullpen can bounce back. You got to hope that Robert Suarez will be able to fill that closer role. You got to hope that Scott Barlow can fill that eighth inning or the seventh inning role, right? You got to hope that some of these guys will just be better next year. It's a lot of it's a lot of hope. That's kind of like the strategy, some of the strategy going into next season. And that is scary, but I still want to remain optimistic about the club and you know realize that there's still talent on this team. And I'm not I'm not going to let this team off the hook. No, this this season sucks. You know, it's been really disappointing. Um but I don't think that these guys just forgot how to hit and, oh, they forgot how to hit with runners in scoring position all of a sudden. I, I just refuse to believe that. Um, yes, it, it has to be better. And I think some of it is they need to be prepared more. And some fans might say, well, that's just an excuse. Again, I'm, I don't want to make excuses for these players. Like, they have to be better. But we have heard reports, like, they're not given the same information that they were given in previous ball clubs that they were on, right? Like, there was a quote out. I forget who had it, but, like, Juan Soto is not going to be the same Juan Soto if you don't give him the tools necessary to be Juan Soto, you know? So part of it, I think, is not on the players. Part of it is obviously on the players. And the majority of it is on the players. And some of this is on A.J. Preller. And some of this is on Bob Melvin. But... If you're going to divide, let's say we have like a pie, right? And we divide some of the pie, like the percentages, whose fault is it? I mean, the players, obviously, they get most of it. And then it's AJ. And it's hard to identify like front office or coaching staff, but they get some of it. And Bob Melvin gets some of it because he's made some bad decisions this year, just like every other manager in baseball has, by the way. But yeah, definitely the majority of this is on the players. And a lot of this, the strategy, for the offseason, or like, how is this team going to get better? Is these these players just having a better season? And just hope, hope, literally, the four-letter word, just hope. Hope that these guys will turn it around next year. And if the Padres have Juan Soto next year, like, that's a totally different discussion. But if they have Juan Soto, hopefully he will be a little bit better. Um, hopefully there'll be more depth on the bench. You know, AJ, because I'm assuming that AJ is going to be here. Hopefully Preller will have a better bench. He'll, you know, get some better bats for this offense. 
the bullpen will be a little bit better. Whoever doesn't come back in the rotation, they can be replaced. And again, hoping that guys can stay healthy next year because the injuries are a part of this, a part of the reason why the Padres are, what, 10 games, 9, 10 games under 500, and why they're going to be golfing uh, in October instead of playing in postseason games. So, yeah, it, it sucks that hope is the big strategy here, but it's a fact that that's part of the reason why, for sure. All right, I'm going to get to a quick break here, and then I'll be back. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, again, just a reminder, if you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. I will get to you after I go through the other games in this series. Um, and then obviously get to the chat. So if you want to make sure I get your comment or your question, you can use that super chat button. Uh, definitely makes it very easy for me to find your comment, your question, and it supports the channel as well. So I appreciate anyone who does that. Um, okay, so let's let's hit on yesterday's game real quick. Padres, again, these games don't really matter, but they lose 7-5. Seth Lugo had a pretty good start, but then just... It just blew up. Jordan Alvarez had a home run, and then it got pretty ugly there in the fifth inning. Fourth inning, there was the uh, Dubon ground out, force out, made it 4-2. Padres had a lead here. You know, don't forget that. Campy had an RBI single. Uh, Profar had a home run. Like, that was a, a positive moment in this game. One of the positives from this weekend, really, when you think about it, was Jerks and Profar playing well. But it's one of those what-ifs. What if Profar would have been willing to come back on a, a one- or two-year cheaper deal, be that kind of utility guy? How would this Padres season happen? Profar is not like a 10-war player. It's not like the Padres would be in a postseason spot. But I think he would have made a difference positively a little bit. Grish had an RBI double, made it 4-1. Uh, then it was 4-2 going into the bottom of the fifth. And Lugo, just a lot of hung pitches, hung breaking balls. Jordan Alvarez, ground rule double. Kyle Tucker, ground rule double. Jose Abreu, RBI single. Uh, Maldonado, he made it 7-4. Um, and that was pretty much that. It was just, it was pretty ugly. And Lugo didn't even make it through five. Six earned runs allowed. Just at the end there, just didn't really have it. So, yeah, it was uh, another... Another wasted performance from the offense a little bit. You know, there's been some of those this year. It's It's been more of, like, wasted performance from the starting pitching. But there has been some, like yesterday. Well, the offense, you know, they score five runs, and the pitching is just not good enough. And the Padres can't get the job done. Um, you know, they were kind of in it there, sixth inning. There was base loaded one out, but Kim and Tatis popped up. Another... Huge situation, huge spot, bases loaded, scoring position, and they just can't get the job done. I mean, this team has absolutely sucked with runners in scoring position this season. It's been so disappointing. Uh, three for 12 with runners in scoring position yesterday. Um, I don't even want to look at what today's was. It was probably, uh, I mean, yeah, 0 for, 0 for 5 today with runners in scoring position. Nine left on base. They had like four errors in today's game. Just, Absolutely embarrassing. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, don't have a whole lot to say about Saturday's game other than it was just another disappointing game. And then Friday, Blake Snell continues his Cy Young push. And maybe some will say Justin Steele d- deserves to be the front runner in the Cy Young. I believe he leads the National League in ERA now. Let me look up his numbers right now, actually. He has a 2.49 ERA, and Blake Snell's ERA is just above 2.5, I believe, now. After his latest outings, he goes six innings, uh, gives up two earned runs, and he said he felt good. He, he liked his performance after the game, and hey, if he keeps doing that, I think he's going ha- to give himself a really good shot at winning this Cy Young. Um, five hits, three walks. You know, he was disappointed at one of the walks. Eight punch outs, though. But this is another one, and I've said this probably after every Blake Snell start now for like the last month. One of the reasons why this season is so upsetting is because Blake Snell, you just have wasted his best season in a Padres uniform. This dude might go win the Cy Young, and you wasted it. Wasted it a couple ways. You wasted it because the the team obviously didn't perform well enough, and you're not going to make the postseason. But also wasted it, meaning like you didn't trade him before the trade deadline when you had the opportunity to do so, when it was clear, in my opinion, that this team was not going to go anywhere. I get it. They were only three games under 500. They weren't nine or ten games like they are now, right? But for me, it was clear. It's just not going to happen this year. So you wasted Snell where you could have got something back for him and positioned yourself better. For 2024, maybe not 2024, but sometime beyond 2024, got a top 10 prospect back, something. Same thing with Josh Hader. I'm so glad that they kept Josh Hader. Oh, my gosh. The dude hasn't pitched in like a week. Hopefully that guy's still alive. I mean, seriously. Like, whenever he's on the mound, I like tweet out, yeah, I'm glad that Josh Hader's alive. Because, and I'm joking, obviously, but because the dude just doesn't pitch. That would be awesome to have his job, right? You just get paid millions of dollars to sit there in the bullpen, not be used. He should have been used earlier in August when they were still in it. Um, and now, I mean, there's is there a point? Maybe the Padres have just agreed with Hater, like, dude, we'll pitch you maybe once a week. Maybe we just won't pitch you at all because you're going to be a free agent. Season's over. We don't want to hurt you. Um, but it's not like he's coming back to the Padres, or I just don't see that. What the Padres are going to give this dude a hundred million dollars when he doesn't pitch three days in a row? He's done that twice all season long. He doesn't pitch consistently enough to be super valuable to this Padres team. And it's not a shot against Josh when he's on the mound. He's been really good when he's been on the mound. He's one of the best relievers in baseball for sure. But it's just not worth giving him a hundred million dollars when he's a reliever. And he just doesn't pitch. He doesn't pitch consistently enough. If I'm going to give that money to someone, I'm going to give it to someone that pitches consistently. Or I'm going to give it to someone that plays every day. A position player. You know? That's what I'm going to do. And you already gave Robert Suarez that extension, and so hopefully that will work out. We'll see. Scott Barlow's here for another year. A lot of this bullpen, by the way, is going to be here. They're under contract for 2024. Now, will they be here? That's a different question. But... A lot, it's again, it, it goes back to the four letter word hope, right? I know as Padre fans, we've probably been using another four letter word uh, when watching these Padres games this year. But as for the strategy for next year, how are they going to get better? A lot of it is hope. And some of that comes down to the bullpen, you know? 
hope hope that this bullpen will be more consistent next year. They will be better. Robert Suarez won't get hurt and miss the first two, three months, however long it was of the season, you know? And Preller can work his magic again and improve the bullpen. Because for something that you know, he does some things wrong, right? But the things that he has been able to get right is finding those cheap relievers. And somehow those guys have performed pretty well for this Padres team. So again, hope that Preller will be able to do that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, but yeah, Snell, right now, let's compare Steele and Snell's numbers. Just looking on baseball reference, Steele, 249 ERA, Snell, 252, has 159 innings, Snell has 161, so it's about the same, but the strikeouts, it's not even close. Snell has over 200, Steele's only at 159. The whip, 1255 for Snell, 1126, so a little bit of a difference there, but it's not huge. 27 starts for Steele, 29 for Snell, so... It's definitely, it's not like Snell is going to run away with this thing. It's going to be close. Um, and I, I hope that voters don't treat this like a, I mean, some voters don't even treat this like an MVP thing, but I just hope that some voters don't look at, oh, well, Steel's in contention, so it means more. No, pitching, it's an individual thing. You should just judge it on who has been the best pitcher this year in the National League and Snell versus Steel. And Steele might win it. You know, if he might dominate these last few outings that he has this season, and he ends up earning it. And if he does, okay. Um, but Snell, just just as someone that has watched every Blake Snell start this season, 
I'm proud of how he has bounced back for sure because he was inconsistent at the beginning. But for the last, like, what, three months probably, three-plus months, this guy is, I mean, dominated. And you might not say, well, he hasn't really dominated, Ben, because look at how many base runners he's allowed. And there's been a lot of runners in scoring position opportunities and bases loaded opportunities that he has gotten out of. But what I would tell you there is there are some times where it is smart to walk someone. That might sound stupid, but he's gotten himself behind an account. Do you want to throw a meatball or do you want to just walk the guy and set up a double play? You know, set up first and second instead of throwing a meatball and maybe it's a two run home run, you know. But he's been able to get out of those situations still. Um, so he's been incredible. 4.8 war for Snell, 4.3 for Steele. So it's it's definitely close. Cubs fans would say Justin Steele deserves it. Lake Snell fans, obviously. Maybe some Padres fans don't want Snell to win it, but some Padres fans would say, no, Snell deserves to win it. So it's definitely going to be fascinating. Zach Gallon, I think his last outing, he like threw a shutout. or He went nine innings, I think, in his last outing. Let me double check that. He has a 3-3-1 ERA, so it's not super close um he has i think he has more innings than steel but there's been some like really blow up outings for gallon so i, I think it's going to come down to snell and steel because look i mean august 28th against the dodgers five and a third innings six runs allowed for gallon september 3rd faces the orioles five and a third five runs you know snell he's pitched well against the dodgers and against the orioles in starts this year uh, against the Cubs, his last outing, nine innings, no runs. But then what happened those two in it, those two outings before that? Then you go to the two outings before that, and he allowed a combined two runs in over 12 innings. So he's been real up-down. Where Snell, ever since May probably, he's been pretty dominant. Let me look at Snell's game logs here. So yeah, bias, bias me, I'm going to say, yeah, Snell deserves it. Um, since May 25th, I mean, he gave up six runs May 29th. So since May 25th, which that's, that's a good amount of time and he hasn't been on the IL opponents are hitting 168 off of him. Um, over a hundred innings, 161 strikeouts since May 25th. What's his ERA? 140, 140 ERA and his FIP is 289. So it's sub three FIP. So it's not like um, he's getting like super lucky in some of this stuff. So it's going to be close. We'll see. Now, again, Blake Snell winning the Cy Young Award, that's not going to, you know, make Padres fans forget about this season. I just want to see Blake, you know, get rewarded for having a really good season. Uh, and despite, you know, this season being wasted on the Padres, hopefully he'll be able to win that. Um, I don't think the Padres are going to bring back Snell. So it's not like I'm hoping that he loses. So the money, you know, he doesn't get as much money. And I don't even know if I really buy into that. Like Blake Snell, if he loses the Cy Young, what, that's going to knock 10, $15 million off of his contract. Teams are, I don't think teams are going to be fixated on, oh, he won the Cy Young or, oh, he didn't win the Cy Young. I think they're just going to look at the numbers. Because the Cy Young, that's, that's, that's opinions. These are writers. Sure, they're looking at numbers, but it's an opinion. Maybe some writer doesn't like Blake Snell, and that can be the difference. You know, it's, 
it's subjective. It's a subjective opinion, right? Just like Manny last year with the MVP, I thought he should have won the MVP. But again, that's my opinion. And a bunch of writers' opinions thought that Paul Goldsmith should have won. Some had Arenado ranked ahead of uh, Manny for some reason. But again, everyone has their the right to their opinion. So it's not going to be a landslide. Whoever wins, Steel or Snell or Gallon or whoever you want to throw in there, it's not going to be this like super blowout. You know, it's going to be close. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Snell right now, his whip is one two five five, over two hundred punch outs. Like he has the stuff. And maybe some voters will be like, hey, he's already won one. And who's this Justin Steele guy? Maybe some voters like didn't watch Justin Steele this year and they know Blake Snell's name. So they're just going to give it to Blake Snell. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it's definitely going to be an interesting race for sure. Okay, is there anything else I wanted to add from Friday's game? Yeah, for Snell, I mean, that was his 22nd outing of this season where he's allowed two earned runs or less. And some of those outings are against Atlanta, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Rays, the Rangers, when they were playing better, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, and obviously the Houston Astros here. So it's not like he's facing the A's every time out or facing the Kansas City Royals every time out. He's facing some good lineups. And now Justin Steele, I'm not saying that he hasn't. Like if you go look at Justin Steele's game logs here, although recently it hasn't been that great of opponents. He is playing in the NL Central, where Snell, he's playing in the West, which has better teams. Um, but this year, I mean, you look at Steele, he's faced Texas, he's faced the Dodgers, he's faced the Padres in April when the Padres will, were still like being hyped up as being this World Series contender. Um, he's faced Philly, he's faced Tampa, he's faced Baltimore. He's faced Boston. But, I mean, you look at his last outings. D-backs, okay. Giants, Brewers, Pirates, Royals, Blue Jays. I don't think that's the strongest. And if Blake Snow has a strong outing against the Dodgers, I mean, look at, you just go back to his last, like, five outings. Baltimore, Miami, St. Louis, San Francisco, Houston, and then the Dodgers. It's a pretty good stretch of time there where he's pitched pretty well. So there's an argument for both guys, for sure. Cubs fans will have their argument, and Padres fans, they'll have their argument as well. All right. Let's see here. I'm trying to see some in the chat. Uh, some in substance says, I really like Kim, Profar, and Soto at the top because they make the pitchers work. We might have something here. Yeah, well, who cares if we have something? I mean, it, for next season, I guess, but the season's over, so it doesn't really matter if they have something. These games don't matter for the standings. We're just watching them because we're Padres fans, right? That, like, just That's just what we do. There's some people that are in my comments like, it's football season, who cares? And Look, San Diego... We don't have an NFL team anymore. Like, I'm a San Diego sports fan, so like, I, I really don't care about what's happening with all the NFL stuff and oh, college football's on, whatever. Like, I'm gonna watch the Aztecs, but like, who cares? You know, I'm a San Diego fan. I'm not someone that's gonna go watch football when things aren't going well. 
I'm going to watch every game. That's just how I am. Uh, Truth Lemonade says, quote, well, that was fun, end quote. No, actually, it really wasn't. Well, I'm being sarcastic, obviously. Of course, that wasn't fun. I mean, I was laughing during the game because of just how much of a joke that was, but no, of course, it wasn't fun. Uh, Hughes says, I would say these bums are just going through the motions, but even that involves some effort. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some, some of these have been, some of the plays today, it was pretty brutal for sure. Yeah. Devin says the San Diego high school Padres. Austin says high school teams are more clean than the Padres are. So much optimism we had for Campy before this game, hoping we, hoping he will flush this down the drain. You kind of have to. Yeah, you have no choice. Devin says, looks like Snell is definitely not re-signing with us. $200 million. I seriously doubt the Padres can afford that. Yeah, I will get to that here in a little bit. I'll get to that report from Bob Nightingale. Devin says, Xander hitting yet another double play. The DP merch at its finest. Hosmer 2.0. Yeah, but Xander's been actually okay at defense. Hosmer was trash at defense, so there's a difference there. And I feel like Xander actually cares. There's a difference. Matt says, Snow was never coming back. They are already committed 178, 185 million for just eight spots. And that only includes Hosmer dead money. I'm sure there is other dead money I'm forgetting. Uh, maybe. I mean, Pomerantz, his deal is up, so that's good. You know, some money that the Padres will be able to have. I mean, I'm not saying, like, the, the money... The Padres saved the money. They didn't, but money coming off of the payroll. Yeah, I know, Hugh. Yeah, it's a whole lot of hoping. That's the strategy for next year, I know. It's a lot of hoping. Austin asks, would you consider trading Juan Soto for Jason Dominguez and bullpen? Why would the Yankees do that? I mean, yeah, I would consider that for sure. Of course. Because Juan Soto, I think he's going to walk at the end of the year. So, yeah, you can get something. You can get Jason Dominguez back. Yeah. But, no, why would the Yankees do that? That would be idiotic of the Yankees. They already have Judge on a long-term contract. They're going to give that to Soto. They have Stanton already on a big contract, but they still have a lot of money to pay to him. They can have Jason Dominguez play every day on a cheap contract. Why would they opt for the $30 million for Soto for one year before he might walk on them in free agency? Yeah, that would be stupid of the Yankees to do that. So I would consider it, but it takes two sides to agree to the deal. Yankees ain't doing that. That's, that's not happening. Uh, Austin says, get Preller the F out. Um, you have, you're not the only person that thinks that, for sure. Okay, a lot of Chargers talking here. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, when they're, when they're playing, I'm rooting for the other team, but I don't care. Like, I was laughing my butt off when they choked that huge lead last year in the playoffs, but I don't care what happens with them. So can we stop the Chargers talk, please? This is a San Diego sports show, not, not a Charger show. You can have that conversation somewhere else. Um... Should the Padres move to Vegas? Heck no. Yes. Yes, Raymond. Yes. Season's over. Yes. That, that was happening like a week ago, two weeks ago. 
All right. Um, oh, I see Delaney here. Hi. Don't know if she can you hear me? Hi. How's it going? Good. My sister's on the phone with me, so. Okay. Do you want me to? Okay, I can wait if you want me to. It's fine. She's. Okay. This uh, this series kind of sucked, huh? Yeah. What What do you think of uh today's game? I mean, that looked. Did that look like a a little league team to you, or what? Yeah, it was crazy. It was not good. They went from. They were kind of coming up, and then it didn't really work out. Yeah, I mean, Luis Camposano forgot how to catch the ball. Yeah, he wasn't uh, catching anything. And I was like, geez. Rich Hill. Yeah, he didn't do good. Tim Hill didn't do good. I mean, Tim Hill was throwing batting practice up there. Uh, so, yeah, this is – it's rough. It's We still have a few more weeks of this. Yeah. So I'm just – Waiting for the off season, obviously. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think Snell's gonna win the Cy Young? Hopefully, I think he will. I don't know, Justin. I just feel like some voters are gonna yeah. see that Justin Steele is, uh, you know, in the in the race. His team mm-hmm. is in the race, and so if he keeps putting together good starts, I feel like Snell's gonna be penalized because he's on a non-contending team. But I hope not. It's yeah. it's definitely gonna be close down the stretch for sure yeah he's one of our good pitchers so yeah yeah um do you think soto's gonna be here next year or no i hope so but i'm not i maybe maybe not but we'll have to wait and see yeah it's i get the argument to trade soto because they can get like a good package back yeah and um there's still going to be a talent. There's still going to be talent on the team if Soto leaves, and he's traded. But I mean, they traded so much for him to the Nats. It's like, why only have one pennant race with him? Why, like, because obviously yeah. this year's not happening, and last year, like, there was the run there, but we thought this year was going to be better, and they'd have him for at least three postseason chances. And now it's only two, at least, if they have him next year. Yeah. Um, and so. If they trade him, it just feels like you definitely didn't get the most out of that deal for sure. And I would rather trade him if it doesn't work out by the deadline next year instead Mm -hmm. of just, like, not even trying for next year. I mean, it's Juan Soto. Like, sure, maybe they sign Profar and you can have him play left field or something if you don't want Soto in the outfield and you want Soto to DH or whatever. Uh, But Soto really helps you when he's in the lineup. Like. I refuse to believe that the Padres will be as good of an offense if Soto's not on the team. Yeah. And with Manny and Fernando out today. Well, yeah, I mean, the season's they they admitted. I mean, the season yeah, season's the season's over. pretty much over. This I would I would I would shut down Manny. I would shut down maybe Tatis, but I would probably shut down Bogarts. Just have yeah. Kim go play shortstop, have Eggy Rosario play third. You can have Matthew Batten go play. Like, I know Padres fans, like, we want to see those guys play. Like, it would probably be more entertaining for us. But there's the only thing that can happen with those with those guys playing is them getting hurt even more. And that would just make the season even more worse than it already is. I mean, Musgrove, Darvish, Cronenworth, 
there's a lot of guys that are hurt. Uh, Gary Sanchez, obviously, although he's going to be a free agent, so we'll see what happens there. There's a lot of guys that are hurt. Manny's hurt. We know that. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like it's best for those guys to get shut down. Yeah, because when we first got Sander, he was doing good, and then he went on a downslope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he was the first month, month and a half was amazing. He was amazing. doing really good. And yeah. then he got hit in the wrist, and yeah. he hit, like, two home runs in, like, two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the power was absolutely gone. Yeah. And he after the quarter zone shot that he had at the All-Star break, he had been doing better. But, yeah, he's 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 grounded into a lot of double plays, a lot of ground balls. And it, he's one of those where I'd, I'd be fine, like I said, if they – shut him down because I don't know. I feel like he's playing through something and the wrist isn't 100% and there's yeah. just no point in him continuing to play because they have him for, an, we, we thought that this contract, I think a lot of Padres fans, this contract was going to be uh, not so good at the end. I mean, if he gets hurt now, the primaries of the contract aren't going to look good. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be, that's going to be so bad for this Padres team. If this is like a, Albert Pujols contract like they can't afford to have that with all of the other long-term contracts that the Padres have already locked themselves into so I'd be fine with Bogarts being shut down yeah it's like Manny with his hand he got hit and it took him he's still not 100% oh no 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 yeah they're not even playing him at third base like there's no DH or yeah um so yeah they're they should probably just put Manny on the IL not have Bogarts play every day not have uh Tatis yeah. play every day. Kim probably not have him play every day. Because they're humans. They need off days. Well and yeah, but if they were still in it, I'd understand them. Yeah, if they were playing every day. Because like there's a day off on Thursday. Like they're getting paid a lot of money. They can play. But when the yeah. season's over, like there's no point in them playing, then there's no point in them playing. Like at what point are you like being reckless and it's going too far? And I, I feel like we're at that point where if these guys, you can't shut everyone down, obviously, but yeah, um, shut down some guys. I, I think that's the smartest thing to do. Yeah, because you're hurting your players too, in a way. Yeah, exactly. Play through injuries. Yeah. All right, Delaney. Thanks for coming on. You're Appreciate welcome. it. Bye. Have a good one. See ya. All right. Um, I'm gonna get back to the chat here. Actually, I'm gonna do the uh, Blake Snell stuff, the Bob Nightingale article here after this break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick'up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, 
playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right. Let's get to Blake Snell, the latest there with Bob Nightingale. So Bob Nightingale, USA Today, he put out his Sunday notebook. And obviously there's a lot of notes on certain things that might happen, certain things around baseball. And usually the Padres are included in that. And that was definitely the case this weekend. And Snell was the topic here from Bob Nightingale. Nightingale saying the San Diego Padres are not expected to re-sign Cy Young favorite Blake Snell believing he could command at least $200 million on the free agent market. And I put that out on social media and was like, do you think that, or do you want the Padres to sign Blake Snell for $200 million? Like, would you do that? And obviously a lot of Padres fans said, heck no, no way, not happening. And I agree with that. Like, the Padres, they already have a lot of money locked up. With position players on this team, they have a lot of money. A lot of money locked up uh, with you, Darvish and Joe Musgrove, and Blake Snell. This feels like the typical the Scott Boris client. Like he has this amazing last year before free agency, gets a bunch of money, and look what like Carlos Rodon is doing with the Yankees now. Like he has been bad, and he's been hurt a lot of this season. So that contract seems to be working out really, really bad for the Yankees so far. And they have him for like five more years after this. And that deal was like six years, $162 million. And so $200 million here for Blake Snell. I mean, Padres fans, maybe some baseball fans on other teams that, you know, know the Blake Snell name. They're like, oh, yeah, I want this guy. But Padres fans, we've been watching every start. And sure, we're impressed by what we've seen this year for Blake Snell. But what about the years before that, where he was inconsistent, bad first half? Uh, then guide together in the second half, but that's not someone that you give $30 million a year to. Like, $200 million, how long is this deal? You know? Blake Snow, if you go to Fangraphs, right, and you go to their, like, value thing, so, like, telling you how much money this guy is worth if they were a free agent. For this season in 2023, Blake Snow, so far, he's worth $26 million. So $26 million, that's not how much he is worth every year. That's not how much he has been worth every year with the Padres. In 2021, he was worth only $17 million, you know, according to Fangraphs's, you know, value dollar metric that they have. So that's like my point is you're going to be overpaying for Blake Snell if you get him. And you already gave darvish too many years i understand why they did it to get the average annual value down i get it but that's too long that contract we're going to be again hoping that you darvish can stay healthy musgrove i like the contract for sure i I still like the contract but still that's still a lot of money tied up to two starting pitchers you're going to do 
$200 million to Blake Snell, a guy that has been inconsistent with the Padres in his tenure when you look at it overall, his years with the Padres. Again, this year, he's been really good. But this is at the peak. A.J. Preller and the Padres, they have a history of giving guys a big contract after they've performed to their peak. Like, this is the peak that Blake Snell is going to get to. We think Blake Snell is going to get better after this season. I don't see that happening. I see this. You go to a mountain, right? He's climbing up the mountain. He's at the top. All he has is to go down, right? He, he can't go up any higher. I don't see him having like a two ERA next season and being that much better. I just don't see it happening. So like Jay Cronenworth, right? That, that's another one that Padres fans would point to. I like the deal at the time, and I, a lot of Padres fans like that deal at the time. And now they want to trash the deal. I don't understand that. I think that that's way too early to be trashing a contract. Same thing with like Xander Bogart. You can say that, yeah, it's probably not going to look great at the end, but to give up on the contract less than a season in, I'm not going to do that. But Padre fans definitely have that argument. Like Joe Musgrove at his peak. Again, I like the contract, but some might think that was at his peak. All-star, you know, uh, Darvish. Not at his peak, but like shouldn't have given him that many years. Jake Cronenworth at his peak, right? Like Robert Suarez at his peak. There, there's a lot of guys that you could point to where they're at their peak and you gave it to them, right? Eric Hosmer is another one, obviously. Feels like at his peak, there was no way he was going to keep doing what he did with the Royals with the Padres, you know? It's like, okay, how many more contracts are you going to give out where it's an overpay? They're at their peak. You know they're not going to get better, and yet you still give this guy a big contract. With Blake Snell, I'm just not going to do that. This Padres team, they need starting pitching depth. They need pitching depth. They don't need to just bring back one elite guy who's coming back to an under 500 team. Now, is this Blake Snell's fault this year? No, I'm not saying it is. But those are the facts. He'd just be coming back to a team that's under 500, right? And you could say, well, what if they lose Blake Snell? How are they going to replace him? And that's definitely a fair question. But I'd, I'd rather just spend that money on maybe some bats and some other pitchers that aren't as long-term as this Blake Snell contract would be because he's not signing for two or three years. He's pitching his best that he has pitched. He's a Scott Boris client. He's going into free agency, and he's going to go get his money. What is it going to be, six, seven years? I have no idea. But he's going to get his money. This is going to be like more than Carlos Rodon, I would think, that he got with the Yankees, which was six years, $162 million. It's going to be more than that. So again, is that the smartest thing for the Padres to do that? Or is it smarter for them to bring in, maybe you bring back Michael Walker, or you bring back Seth Lugo, who's probably going to opt or not take the player option, or you bring in someone else that's a cheaper pitcher, and you wait for the Dylan Lescos, the Robbie Snellings, the... Uh, Adam Mazers, you wait for those guys to come up, have the cheap contracts, you don't trade those guys, and hopefully they will be something, right? And Musgrove and Darvish, they can stay healthy. Like, there's a lot of free agent pitchers that we're not thinking about. Like, we'll think about, like, Nola, Julio Urias, even though that's definitely a no-no based on things that he has done off the field. Shohei Otani, that's definitely a lot of money that they'd be spending, and there's question marks there, obviously. Like, Beyond those guys, Marcus Stroman you can put in there. Beyond those guys, there's still a lot of guys that they can give one, two-year deals to that I think would be a better use of their resources and they'd have mo money left over to give to other guys 
to build a better overall roster than just giving $200 million to Blake Snell. Peter Seidler, instead of you being the desperate one this time around, let another owner be the desperate one and give Blake Snell more money than he can refuse. That's how I, I'm going to go into this offseason. That's my opinion with Blake Snell. Like The Don and Mudd interviews are great. Blake Snell, he has been pitching great this season, but I don't see him continuing this for the Padres. If he was going to continue this for the Padres, okay, then maybe you give it, you give that to him. But there's, there's no way that he's going to continue pitching like this throughout this contract, or even probably next year or the next couple years. Maybe he pitches like this next year, but is he going to do that in 2025? I just don't see it happening. Just based on what we've seen from Blake Snell in a Padres uniform, his entire tenure, I don't see it happening. So yeah, the $200 million, I'm out. Like Mark Cuban says in Shark Tank, I'm out. Not doing it. That's just that's just not happening. Um, I'm sure a lot of people in the chat agree with me here. I'm going to go to the chat here, see if anyone has any thoughts on this Blake Snell thing here. Okay, I guess there's Dodger fans in here. I've noticed that. There's Dodger fans, instead of going into like their fan shows, they like to go into the Padre fan shows for some reason. I don't know. I'm if, if I was a Dodger fan, I feel like I'd be wasting my time doing that. By the way, we just talked. Someone asked about Jason Dominguez. That dude now has a torn UCL. So now that's definitely not happening. For for either side, probably. So yeah, that's that's unfortunate because Jason Dominguez, he's a very talented young player. And he's probably gonna be out for uh, maybe he won't be out, but Probably for the start of the year, he won't be able to play a position next year. Um, Steven says, it's the principle of the thing when it comes to voting to... Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about raising taxes for Snapdragon? Sports venue? Okay, whatever. I thought I was going to be reading about like the Padres payroll right there. Never mind. Okay. Um, let's get to, is there anything, I feel like I'm missing something about, no, I already hit on that. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to some other San Diego sports stuff. And then if you have any more comments, questions, feel free to put those in the chat, but it was a ugly San Diego sports weekend, San Diego loyal. They fell two nothing to Charleston, uh, Perez and Moshebon, they had a couple good opportunities there in that first half, good saves from Charleston. So maybe it could have been a tie, a tie game there, finished off 2-2. Um, there was the first goal that Loyal allowed was one where they just didn't have anyone covering after the attempted header from them. And there was the goal there. And then obviously Charleston got a second one. And so now Loyal is 12-8 and 7, 43 points. In the USL, next match is on Saturday against Louisville. Um, and really, for me, with Loyal, I'm just waiting for the postseason. Just see if they can host a playoff match because that obviously would be really cool for just just loyal fans, for the community, for the coaching staff, the players, Andrew Vasiliadis, everyone involved because it's their last season. They're obviously folding at the end of the year, so. That would be really cool for them to get a top four seed, and then we'll see how they would do in the playoffs. If you know, if they get there, if they get a playoff home playoff game, that's really what we're waiting for here. 
Um, and so the next match, again, next Saturday. Uh, the real San Diego sports topic I wanted to touch on here for a little bit more than loyal was San Diego State facing UCLA at Snapdragon. And this was nationally televised CBS. It wasn't like the number one CBS crew. I think they learned their lesson last year. San Diego State against Arizona. Like we're not going back to San Diego State when they have a home game. But this one was definitely disappointing. I mean, I did not expect San Diego State to win this game. Like I want to be clear about that. But I was expecting them to look a little bit better. Maybe be a little bit closer of a game. It got out of hand. And San Diego State looked like they had no business being on the same field as UCLA yesterday. Just big plays all over the place. I think some of it you have to blame the coaching, and some of it obviously you have to blame the players. I mean, maybe some guys weren't in the right position. Some maybe weren't prepared good enough. Some just, I mean, UCLA, they had some good blocks that set up, you know, big plays. But some guys were left wide open. Some touchdown passes for UCLA wide open uh a lot of running room for ucla and so there was that and so san diego state they were going to have a uphill battle on that and then san diego state they hurt themselves a lot too drop touchdown drop touchdown pass which i believe would have made it a one score game one touchdown game but instead they only get a field goal and they're down double digits and then it's 28 10 at halftime and it just felt like, okay, the game's over there. And it was definitely over after San Diego State, in the third quarter, they get a ball on the half-yard line, and they can't score. Three straight plays, running plays, and then a pass play. I don't want to say that this game was like all on Jalen Maiden. Like There was the drop touchdown pass. Like That's not on Maiden. That's on the, the receiver. right? There was another touchdown pass that was dropped, uh, I believe, by the running back who came out, tried to catch the pass, obviously. And that should have been caught. That probably should have been a touchdown. And the game could have been closer there, right? You add on a couple touchdowns there instead of just three points on that field goal after the, the first drop touchdown pass. And it's a little bit closer, but I don't think San Diego State still would have won the game or anything like that. But yeah, just pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing. Like at home and... The announced attendance was like over 32,000, something like that, over 30,000, even though the real attendance was a little over 25,000, I think. So the real attendance was not actually what the announced attendance was, but the student section was filled at the beginning of the game, and it seemed pretty packed. You know, what we saw on television in like the, the end of the first quarter, second quarter. So San Diego State fans, UCLA fans, a lot of UCLA fans were there, a lot traveled down they showed up so that's good i still think san diego state's prices are a little unfair i think they should be a little bit lower i mean i don't think san diego state is this product where it's like oh i have to go watch san diego state you know basketball that's different but football it's not that they can be entertaining at times when they're playing a school from the mac but when they're playing ucla like they're not they don't deserve to be on the same field it felt like and now San Diego State's going to have a tough test against Oregon State, who absolutely demolished UC Davis um, the other night. I think it was like 55-7. to seven. So that's on the road. Then they play Boise State, Air Force. It's not going to be easy. So San Diego State, yeah, they still have a winning record, but the only game I think that most Aztecs fans care about, they did not look good 
like at all. Um, you know, early in the game, I guess they stayed in there. It was like seven, seven at one point, but they did not look good. So a lot of things need to be cleaned up like fundamentals, like don't drop passes. Um, don't leave guys wide open. Maybe communication issues were had there during that game. Uh, they, they showed Ryan Lindley, the OC in the, in the booth, obviously. And he was pissed off and he should be like, it, it just was not a fun game to watch. And especially when it's an LA team coming in to San Diego and beating you up, you know, it reminds you of Dodgers beating up the Padres in the regular season. It's just not fun. And so, yeah, I'm glad that I didn't spend over a hundred dollars to, to go watch that because, uh, that was not fun to even watch at home. Um, I don't think, look, I said earlier before this game, I don't think that this was a must win game for San Diego state. Like, they could go have a better performance against Oregon State or, you know, not even win against Oregon State, but win against Boise State and Air Force. And it won't be the end of the world, right? I don't think they're going to – they were never going to be a college football playoff team. They were never going to make a New Year's Six, New Year's Six Bowl or anything like that. Like, I think that's a little unrealistic going into the season, to have those expectations after you went, what, 7-6 and six last season? New, new offensive coordinator – just it wasn't going to happen, right? Um, I just expect them to look a little bit better. But again, it's not the end of the world, right? The, the the goal for the Padres, Padres, the goal for the Aztecs should be to go win the conference. That's what it should be. Go win the Mountain West, or be like second or third in the Mountain West. Have a better season than you did last season. Show some progress, um, because progress is <laughs> it's not what I saw yesterday for sure. So hopefully it gets better. But Oregon State, I mean, they were ranked going into this week. UCLA wasn't even ranked going into this week. Maybe UCLA gets ranked going into next week. But Oregon State, they're the better team, at least according to rankings. Don't know how much you want to, how much stock you want to put into that. But they're the better team. Uh, so, and they're playing at home. So I, I don't see San Diego State winning this game. And hopefully they can win Boise State and Air Force. But that's going to be tough as well. So, yeah, a lot of things have to be cleaned up, and there was just some errors where it was like, oh, my gosh. you If you wanted a chance to win the game, you could not make those mistakes. just couldn't happen. San Diego State, total yards, 259. UCLA yards, 550. So they had more than double the amount of yards total than San Diego State did. It just was not close. The student section was, like, empty um, in the third or fourth quarter. There was, I think Mark Ziegler tweeted out a picture of that. and was like, yeah. They, they sh it should be empty. You know, the students, they, they're going to go, they're going to go party. They're going to do something else than watch this garbage product. At least that's what it was for that game. They'd rather go somewhere else than be sitting there watching UCLA just run it down San Diego State's throats, right? So hoping for a better outcome next week, or at least a closer game. And if they can't do that next week, hoping for wins against Boise State and against Air Force uh, before they really get into that, you know, Mountain West schedule there. Um, OSU, next Saturday, 12.30 on, I think, FS1. So that's going to be the next matchup for San Diego State. Again, hoping for better things to come there because that, that was pretty ugly. All right. Any more comments here from the chat before I get out of here? The next matchup for the Padres, it's not like it gets in uh, any easier. You know, they face the Astros. Now they got to go face the Dodgers. 
Mookie Betts not might not play tomorrow. He was on crutches, I think. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but we know the Dodgers. They're a better team than the Padres. They're playing at home. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Dodgers, you know, smack the Padres pitching around at least for one of these games in this series. It would be so Padres, though, of them, right, for them to go win the series, right? Season's over. Them go, like, sweep or them win the series. They score, like, seven runs in two of the three games. It would be Padres of them. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it, it doesn't happen, you know, because hopefully Manny's going to get shut down here and the, the lineup's not going to look that great. Okay. Chad says, Ben, use one word to describe the 2023 Padres season. Will Seidler say the season was excellence? He definitely will not. I, I think when Seidler speaks to the media after the season, which hopefully he will, I believe he will. Like, if he doesn't, that's a really bad look. I think Preller and Seidler will speak. Hopefully, like I was telling, I think, John on the last show or a couple shows ago, I hope that it's Seidler and Preller separate. Not at the same time. I mean, maybe, hopefully Preller doesn't even have a press conference because he's gone. But we're assuming that he's going to be here, right? So, Seidler, Preller, they both have individual press conferences. And Seidler says, yes, no excuses. The players need to be better. I need to be better. And AJ needs to be better. Or if AJ doesn't, if AJ's not better next year, the results aren't better next year, then something's going to change here. That's what he needs to say. And he, he's not going to say no. He might say, I believe in AJ, and I think he... And he'll bring up probably last year in the NLCS run and all that, even though fans probably don't want to hear that. Um, but he's he's not going to be as glowingly of AJ as he was against the Reds in, what month was that, June or July, whenever that was. Whenever he spoke to Kevin Acey and said AJ is excellence, he's not going anywhere, AJ is excellence. He, I don't think he's going to say that. That would, that would be bad. I think that would be bad for Peter if he would say that after the season that they just had, come on, you can't do that. And Peter's a Padres fan just like us. He's not John Fisher or name another owner that, you know, the Pirates owner, whatever the hell his name is. Um, he's not one of those owners that's just in it for the business. He's in it because he wants to win. He cares. So I hope that he's not super glowing about AJ. Um, Steven says, only three Cal State schools that still have football programs, San Jose State, Fresno State, the Aztecs. Truth is that most of these schools realize football at the level they played is not in demand. Yeah, at the Mountain West level, yeah. Um, I would point to Boise State, or, or you said Cal, Cal State School. Yeah, okay. In terms of like Mountain West, I'd, I'd put Boise State in there for sure. And Wyoming some years. Did Mookie? Oh, okay, Mookie played today. He's fine. Okay. I, I saw something about he was not going to play today, maybe not Monday. Okay, then. Well, expect a Mookie home run then in that series. All right. I think that's going to do it. Talking for hours, episode 465. Thank you, everyone, for the time. Have a great rest of your weekend. Padres Dodgers coming up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before the off day. We'll see what happens there. Season's already over, but 
hey, maybe Jerks and Profar keeps hitting like Ted Williams, and, you know, that'll be something fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, this season has definitely stunk. All right, that's it. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. See ya.